Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Are you a leader who is known to be quiet, reserved, or shy? The reality is in your mind. You believe that you're amazing and engaging when you choose to be. You get charged being alone. You get drained when you're around a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of interactions and social interactions. Maybe you just might be an introvert. Can an introvert be an effective leader? Our next guest is a fellow podcaster who is a self-professed introvert. Godwin Chan is a host of the Digital Introverts podcast, where introverts share their success and failure stories and discuss how they thrive in the digital age. Godwin Chan is the host of the Digital Introverts podcast. As we stated earlier, Godwin, welcome to our program. Perfect. Glad to be here. And thank you for the great energetic introduction, even on a Saturday. (laughs) We're definitely glad to have you here, Goblin. Thank you so much for joining our our Twins Talking Up platform. And you and I have met. We're both um, entrenched in the podcasting world. We're connected with so many different leaders. And when the two of us first met, I instantly thought, I've got to have Goblin on our show. We've got to get him on. Because so much of our practice as coaches and at least with DSB leadership group and the clients that I have, I'll tell you some of my best clients are introverts. And I was blown away when you start thinking about how companies and businesses can praise the extroverted qualities, quote unquote, but realize that there are so many great leaders out here who are self-professed introverts and that we can really learn so much from them. So Godwin, what led you to begin your podcast that you've entitled Digital Introverts. And was this more a reflection of your background as a digital marketer, your personality and energy type? What led you to start Digital Introverts? Sure, so um, start the story where uh, it, it kind of really originated in 2019 when I was first starting to write this book. It's basically a place where it was originally uh, supposed to be a memoir. Um, I wanted to explain my own story of overcoming extreme shyness, social anxiety, low self-esteem, that kind of thing. And it expanded to include the stories of other introverts as well. Um, and as I was having these conversations, I was you know, blown away by the type of quality of conversations I was having uh, there. And uh, at the same time, 2019 was the year when I first got into podcasting, right? And so we're uh, listening to podcasts. And uh, the very first podcast I ever listened to was How I Built This by Guy Raz. So, so super into that uh, business niche and, uh, you know, entrepreneurship and, you know, that kind of kind of thing. So I go through those uh, podcasts regularly, but in any case, I thought it would be a good idea to put the two together, book on, on a bit, bit of a hold at that time. And I was like, okay, why don't I just record conversations and upload them to the internet? That's what a podcast is, right? <laughs> and I figured out uh, very quickly that there is a learning curve to it um, and, and, you know, figured out that, uh, yeah, couple months and uh, started recording episodes in January of 2020. So this is last year, uh, if you're listening to this in like 2300. Um, and 
started releasing episodes in March of 2020 when, well, first wave of COVID was coming around and uh, thought perfect time. Why not? I had more time, more quote unquote free time at home. So I was like, okay, <laughs> let's just do it. Um, and yeah, so I've been recording for over a year or doing the podcast for over a year now. I've recorded episodes with uh, over 220 uh, people now as of the date of this recording. And it's been yeah, an incredible journey, just learning from the very best out there and uh, looking forward to having further great conversations, uh, building great relationships, networks, and uh, seeing how we can help our introverts globally. Yeah, I love that, Godwin. This is David. And what I really think is so amazing is when you started this journey in the last year, you realize that it's grown to this incredible community. You're not only on Facebook, you've got your podcast, you're now on Clubhouse, which is kind of cool. But it's amazing to be able to see that you're not alone. And there are others out there that have to share that story. And they have to realize that, or at least they've begun to realize that there's incredible power when you know that you're not alone and you can still have the same type of impact, same type of influence as anybody else, including those who call themselves extroverts. Now, what's interesting about it is when I think about introverts and extroverts, um, I'm an extreme extrovert. And people say, what does that mean, Dave? I, I literally thought when the pandemic came, I was going to go crazy because I needed to see people. I needed to touch people. Is this person real? And, and I get energized being around people. That's the way I am. I get charged up when I'm with people. And then Inversely, I know there are those who would say, well, I'm an introvert, so they get charged when they do a lot of self-reflection, they get time alone, et cetera. So in 1921, interesting enough, psychoanalyst Carl Jung talked about extroversion and introversion and what that really meant. And he focused more on energy. You know, a lot of times we look at these personality assessments, we talk about personalities, but he focused on energy. And I think energy might be more appropriate when we talk about who an introvert is or who an extrovert is. So he talked about more of energy and how we get energized by being around people or energized when we're alone and we're able to gain that sense of re recovery and get refreshed when we had that inward more solidarity. So in your mind, Godwin, how would you define the terms introvert, extrovert, and ambivert? Sure, yeah, that, that's you know, definitely a really uh, solid question because there's a lot of misconceptions out there, right, about what these terms even mean in the first place. And when Carl Jung talks about, well, he coined the terms introversion, extroversion in the first place, right? And this was over 100 years ago or so. And when he talks about energy levels, I think the working definition for a lot of people is that it is a function of energy levels. You know, introverts derive a lot of their energy by being by themselves and recharging, right, that way. And extroverts, opposite way, you know, where they uh, gain energy from being in the presence of others. And then ambivert is, well, right in the middle, right? Um, and of course, you know, my progression has been from extreme introvert to more, more of an ambivert these days, uh, in my opinion, right? So I do, you know, enjoy uh, having great conversations with people and being in the presence of others. It's evidenced by the <laughs> crazy amount of Zoom calls I'm, I'm having during the pandemic time. Um, but at the same time, I'm still, I still stay true to my introverted roots in the sense that I actually really enjoy working from home a lot of the times and uh, being able to control my environment, right, if you will. And it, it, it's been, it's nothing new also. You know, I've been working remotely for, for, for a lot of the time during the past four years anyway. So I've been power Zoom user since 2017, for example, when I finally left Skype, right? So, uh, but in any case, you know, that's generally the working definition I use for, for both, for all, you know, introvert, extrovert, ambivert. But 
you mentioned something really interesting earlier. So speaking with Dave, for example, right, you self-identify as, as being more extroverted, and we had this conversation before. Now, I'm very, very curious about what what Dan would classify himself. Is he more extroverted, introverted, right? Is there a twin interplay? Like, I'm just curious. Uh, this is Danny. I'm more of the uh, ambient introvert. People will, we were growing up, Dave and I would be in a room together and people are like, how do you know who's Dave and who's Danny? They said, give it a couple minutes, you'll see. But Dave would go, <laughs> and I'm just, I'm fine by myself. Um, and I'm not sure, if, and I'm glad you brought that up, Godwin. I was going to bring that up to you as a question as well, as I grew up in an area where I was happy taking things apart. I, I loved electronics. I, w- I went to school for engineering, graduated with my master's degree in computer science and, and also an MBA. Um, but I was always happy uh, being a nerd. And you see a lot of uh, nerds in Silicon Valley now becoming CEOs. And so traditionally, uh, I personally would look at a CEO and I would think they have to be like my twin brother, a person who just loves to go around talking to people and being social. And then I started thinking about people like Elon Musk and some of the other people who they're totally happy being by themselves, being alone. But yet because they're a CEO of the organization, they've been put into a certain spotlight. Uh, so let me ask you this question, Godwin, since you were asking Dave and myself this, um, because there's so many more, so much more CEOs now from the tech bubble, uh, SaaS based companies are all starting to become these billion dollar organizations now. And they're all almost all being led by the founder of the organization, a typically an in, introvert or ambivert. Um, how do these individuals take advantage? How can introverts take advantage of, of being an introvert? and be, yet being an effective leader. Because that, that is something that I've always thought was fascinating. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSP Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. It's an interesting balance for sure, right? And, you know, you're absolutely right. A lot of the, if you look at taking the tech as an example, right? A lot of them are led by these founder CEOs uh, type of people, right? And more often than not, they possess incredible technical expertise. And these types of individuals lean more towards being in introverts, right? And you think about a lot of the creators, a lot of the inventors of the world throughout history, right? What do they do, you know, spend a lot of their time on? Not necessarily, you know, going out there being 
known in the town or in the city, like boasting or about there's just tinkering in their shop or their ho- home or things like that, right? So it's just there's a lot of just different um, dynamics in that in that interplay, right? And so a lot of these people, right, really value their alone time also. Right. And so they don't want to be, say, like stuck in in meetings all the time. And uh, I mean, which they could, they can fill up their entire week with 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 meetings and things like that. But you have people like um, Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, like they'll schedule deliberately schedule in unstructured thinking time, right, mm-hmm. or reading time right during their days. Uh, and that's where they do their strategic uh, strategic planning. Right. Uh, a lot of the times and being able to just work through things and uh, reflect and plan and uh, things like that so that they can be, you know, well-equipped or well-prepared to do those more uh, public-facing things, right? Or opportunities or, or events or, or, or things like that. And totally, uh, introverts are well-poised to be in leadership positions because they are more deliberate, they're, because they're more thoughtful. Not saying that extroverts can't be leaders as well. They're very good traditional leaders, Right being outspoken and being assertive and, uh, and and things like that. But being, I think one of the great traits of an introverted leader is their ability to listen and not just listen passively, but very actively and very uh, intentionally, right? They'll, they'll very pay attention to you, um, every word you say, and uh, be able to incorporate, you know, everyone's feedback into what they're going to do next or the decision-making or, or things like that. So, um, absolutely, there is a place for introverted leaders, and we're seeing more and more of them um, come out to in prominent leadership positions, even though they may or may not reveal that <laughs> to people, actually, because a lot of introverts may may fake extroverted, right, <laughs> sometimes. So That's a great point. This is, this is David Godwin, and I think what's really interesting about what you've shared and what Dan is saying, it's so true. Dan is an ambivert by, by all means, and he's just as fine being alone. He's very content being around people. And, and, and the truth is, when people meet Dan, they think automatically he's an extrovert. And, but I am the extreme extrovert. And I don't know if that's because of our makeup as twins, if that happened. But in the Asian culture, he was the firstborn. He was raised in a different way where he had taken all the responsibility, all the duties. So I think a lot of that led, led more to his personality as well. Whereas I was the younger, well, even though we're twins, I was a younger scrappy. I'm going to do, do whatever I want, go crazy. And he had to kind of reel me in at times. So there is a balance there. But you talk about all these leaders. I remember interviewing a leader here. He owns an IT firm in Baltimore. And I was working on my uh, a book. And we'll talk about your book down the road here in a moment, if that's okay with you. But we were talking about my book about CEOs and the style of leaders that they are. And he said, Dave, I am by all means an introvert. And he said that I have to muster up courage. And I actually meditate and, and I really think through what I want to say so I can really come to face to face with my company because I know they didn't hear my voice. And it was amazing to hear him be that humble, that in tune, like you said earlier, that a lot of introverts are very in tune with the atmosphere. They're very aware what people might be gazing and what they might be thinking rather. And they're able to give feedback based on being able to read the room. Whereas sometimes extroverts, even though we're more geared towards quote unquote, this Western society, maybe the Western culture versus the Eastern culture, of businesses, they're willing to be the last ones speaking. They're willing to let others share their thoughts first. And here we champion, no, let's go. Let's take over the hill. I'll speak first. Let's make it happen. So when you think about the things you're learning with your groups and the podcasting and all that stuff, 
what are you learning from these introverts that they may share that they have some advantages perhaps over their extroverted colleagues you think um yeah i mean like i i just mentioned one right their ability to actively listen um and and, and reflect right uh the other one is definitely they're able to make decisions more uh intentionally in a lot, in a lot of cases you know they will deliberately take the time to evaluate all possible alternatives and be able to speak with uh, as many stakeholders as possible before making any decisions. So you rarely see uh, introverts making too many rash decisions, uh, if you will, right? So there's always a, uh, a purpose or a method to the madness, if you will. <laughs> and and I think, you know, just in general, introverts are really good at building deep relationships as well and having deep conversations, right? So whereas I, I know a lot of introverts who absolutely absolutely despise small talk <laughs> they just want to get right straight to the point right whereas you know obviously believe that small talk does have a place right but sometimes when especially when we are good uh friends or or just well connected right you just want to um chat about just things that matter um and and you know that 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 could cover a lot of different things right that could cover work that could cover life relationships whatever what you know whatever those things uh may be there's a lot, a lot of those strengths that, that, that come to the table. And the other thing is also uh, introverts can be incredible public speakers as well. Uh, hmm. there's, that, there's, that, there's that stereotype that introverts aren't, just can't speak at all, right? Which is uh, categorically false uh, a lot of the times. So some of the best public speakers you see in the world today, they are introverts because it's a skill and a skill. It's not something that you're born with necessarily, right? You're not necessarily born with the gift of gab, uh, if you will. Right. And so if you're able to hone it and, and, and practice it, right, you're going to be able to be good at it. Um, and that's what a lot of people kind of don't understand because the, the introvert extrovert spectrum, the, it, it, yes, there is some hereditary component to it, but a lot of it is, uh, influenced by the environment right uh that you that you live or you grow up in right and of course that uh, there there are some cultural dimensions uh in that as well right but uh by and large you can really practice that skill and even for me right i was i needed to just practice and, and do these podcast episodes over and over and over again so i am just really comfortable with having great conversations right uh which is not i'm not that natural at conversing <laughs> in general, especially when I was younger. Um, you know, it was a skill I had to cultivate over the past few years of just deliberately going out to networking events. And these were in person, right? Networking events and where I didn't know anyone or many people at all. I was able to just have conversations with strangers. And that's how I was able to gain that kind of uh, confidence, right? And being able to prepare for presentations is, uh, and, and you can control the environment as well, right? Uh, in that in, in that setting. And so um, I guess like, if we, if we kind of go back a little bit to uh, the cultural dimension I did mention earlier, right? And so I guess like, to what extent, this is another question to, to both of you. So to what extent, right, did your home environment kind of influence the, uh, I guess, different personality types, I, I, I guess you may have uh, uh, developed or were, came came innately uh just because so i am the older brother of of two also so i'm more introverted my younger brother of six you know he's six years younger but he's more extroverted right so um 
you know, to what extent does that, I guess, play? And uh, of course, you know, being uh, for, for both of you, right, in a, um, I guess, West versus East kind of scenario as well, right? How, how does that dimension play? Because I'm, I'm, just, I'm just super curious about that as well. Well, this is Danny. Um, as the firstborn in my culture, I take care of all the responsibilities for my parents, uh, their household, their bills, their mail, everything especially when they want to keep their same language and culture. So it, it's one of those, well, this is English. You go ahead and take care of it. That's kind of been my, the way I grew up. Um, and so I would say I didn't really have, I didn't really feel like I had the, the time to be outspoken. It was more of militant, just get it done, move on to the next thing. You just do things because that's the, the right thing to do, if that makes sense, like the loyal uh, honor, honor thing to do. Uh, so I would I would say that 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 is interesting that you said as as you being the first uh, born as well how your uh, siblings were more outgoing um, and I think that's what was our similar to our upbringing as well even though Dave and I were only a couple hours apart um, I was treated as okay you're the one that's going to have all the responsibilities of the family and Dave you go do whatever you want which is weird because we're the same age right <laughs> so that was the way I grew up so for me it was all about. I found joy in breaking things and putting it back together so I can understand how things work. No one had to tell me how to do things. No one had to tell me what to do. It, to me, that was kind of like my way of expressing who I was. And I think that as we grew older, I've had to, in essence, catch up to David and learn how to be more uh, out of myself. Uh, even to this day of our age, as a coach and as a public speaker myself, I will still be more comfortable being by myself. And Dave will be more comfortable being uh, himself, which is going around saying hi to everybody. I do like to network. I do like to get to know people. But at the end of the day, if I had to choose one or the other, I'd, I'd rather just be by myself. So I, I think uh, it was kind of interesting that you and I have something similar in common. Um, let me ask you this question since you had asked us this question is, what other ways can introverts impact their organizations? And one way you had mentioned earlier is that they tend to be good listeners. But what other ways can introverts impact their organizations? Sure. I mean, the, it's an interesting question because the word organization can encompass a wide diversity of different things, right? It doesn't have to be just a business, for example, right? Uh, or, or things like that, right? So there's there's a lot of different dimensions that can uh, come into play, right? Organization organization can mean well, big company organization can mean startup, organize, you know, that that they own, right, or they're founder of. Organization can mean the government, the organization. In any in any case, right? There's there's many different uh, places, and the honest answer for myself is just it really depends uh, on a lot of different things as well. So whether or not they feel their person's role within said organization, right? Are they just entry level? You know, just right in the beginning? Are they more you know mid? mid-level are they more senior executive are they well the founder of the company are they um things like that right because i know um people who are just starting out may not feel comfortable right with voicing their opinions and 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 their um just ideas and 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 things like that because they're more in line to you know either learn more right from from being if being employed or they may be feel intimidated right to speak out because they fear for the job security um, and so there are uh, different ways, right, to go around that. I'm sure, you know, introverts have many different uh, resources in, in, in hand, 
right? Uh, to be more, I guess, forceful or, or outspoken or uh, being able to share the ideas in a safe, safe or safer environment, um, whether that's sending emails or notes or Slack messages or, or any kind of that thing, right? Before meetings um, or being able to communicate in writing, right? There, there's lots of different ways to, to do that. And I guess being, I guess being empowered to um, be able to just, you know, have a voice and speak out. I mean, it gets, it gets easier as you do, as you get older as well, because when you find um, your specific niche and your specific uh, things that you believe in and uh, you know, that conviction, right. That can come into play. And even for me, right. I found my conviction through while exploring this digital introverts niche, right. I'm able to, um, speak on it because it's my lived experience, uh, but also because I am very um, passionate about helping others, right? Um, be emboldened and empowered to uh, just come out and, uh, and and not only say that they are introverted, but that that they're introverted and they are proud of it, or it is leveraged as a strength. Because so many times, um, introverts can be seen. Or, you know, introversion can be seen as a weakness, as a sign of weakness. Yeah. Um, and, and this is very, very, very much uh, a, a Western uh, ideal or origin because <laughs> a lot of times in the business world, especially, right, extroverts are favored uh, because they're able to articulate uh, their ideas and they're not, it's not trapped inside their heads, right, or, or things like that. But introverts have very, very wide depth and diversity of thought uh, that need to be uh, shared to the world or um, that need to be verbalized, uh, sometimes, right. And, and all it takes is just maybe, you know, a little encouragement, right. From, uh, from, from empathetic leaders or, uh, others who recognize, right. The power of, um, just the, the, the suggestions from introverts, because they actually, you know, the loudest people in the room may not actually have the best ideas. Um, and so True. that, that goes for any single or any type of organization. And when I think about just how, introverts can impact organizations, a good way uh, to do that is for leaders to recognize that introversion, extroversion, or just uh, personality is a DEI issue, diversity, equity, inclusion issue. A lot of people think, I mean, of it as from, from many different axes, of course, through um, it being a, an ethnicity thing or a sexual orientation thing, which is all, you know, and a gender thing, is, which is all great, right? Of course. Uh, but not a lot of people really consider DEI work in terms of diversity of thought or diversity of personality. Um, and that actually is a very good indicator of how people like to enjoy doing work, how they work, how they communicate uh, as well, right? And I think those, those uh, truly impact a lot of, uh, you know, different ways in which people work, right? Sometimes we see the, the I mean, you know, pre-pandemic, the trend of increasing trend of open concept offices, right? Or, or just workspaces, environments. Um, I've talked to enough introverts that say they either left corporate or they hate their working environment, <laughs> right? Because um, it's too loud. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I keep getting interrupted by Tommy every five seconds, you know, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> Obviously, compromises have to be made. But, you know, now I think but, but the pandemic has really uh, forced it to the, the pendulum swing, like too far into the opposite direction, <laughs> where extroverts are, you know, are like, so, you know, <laughs> when am I going to uh, see people again in person? So there's, there's in the future, if we think about the future of work specifically, right? A hybrid approach for me is, is the best approach uh, in a lot of different cases. So. so Godwin, this is David. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I'll tell you with the rise of, I think, awareness 
or at least awareness growing within our organizations. We've been talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and it, studies have shown that a more diverse workforce actually is a more productive and profitable workforce. And you brought up something very important here is that it's gotta be an organization that's balanced where we're not just praising the extroverted type of mentality, but we're, we're really acknowledging and rewarding great contributions to the organization regardless of their background and regardless of the type of energy that they display. My wife and I are an interesting balance. And this is where I wanna lead with this how do we take that conversation you just, or the thought you shared, let's take a little deeper and talk about balance within the organization, having this sense of harmony, working together. Les and I work well together. My wife, Les and I, we get along so well and she's an introvert, okay? And somewhere we have that yin-yang effect. We, we balance each other. I, I feel in some ways it's an issue of respect. I respect what she brings to the table. I value what she brings to the table. And in turn, I believe she respects what I bring to the table. When there's a need in my mind for her strengths, I gladly take the backstage. I'll, I'll back away, letting her lead that charge and be patient enough to let her develop it in the way that's going to make the most sense for our company, right? And so that's been the challenge for me. I'm learning to become more aware, learning to realize that I've got to value her, uh, learning to realize that if I just let go and in a way surrender, man, our company, what we're doing is going to be even that much more dynamic. And so in your experience in interviewing all these different leaders, have there been discussions about how do you find that balance? How do you find that harmony? How do we get that yin-yang effect at work? And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question as well. Um, and so to, I think to truly achieve that balance and that, and that harmony, if you will, with that yin-yang effect, uh, there must be compromises made on both sides. <laughs> okay. So there, there's, that that's I think the the story of just every single conflict in this world is <laughs> that both sides will have to compromise at some point, right? Uh, you're not going to fully uh, get what you want because if you if you just think about it, right? If you right if you want uh, completely what introverts want, it would be basically the state of this pandemic where everyone is forced to work, uh, you know, work from home, uh, but obviously with the with the option of being able to actually see people because there's no pandemic right? uh, kind of thing. Um, if, if extra experts had their entire way, right. Uh, they would just be just open concept offices everywhere. <laughs> and people are always just chatting and, uh, and being in endless meetings, uh, where, you know, in person, online, wherever, right. We're just chatting. We're having a good time. Uh, but is work be actually being done? We don't know. Right. And so, Compromise is where we meet in the middle. Uh, we're able to understand and be completely aware of what the needs of both sides are, right? Uh, introverts being, you know, some alone time and extroverts having, you know, being in the presence of others and being, you know, having that, that balance where introverts will understand that, yes, you know, they may have to be more social uh, at these times of the day, or just, we have these mandatory meetings we have to go to, or these, uh, mandatory after work socials you know those types of things you know <laughs> you know a lot of introverts really don't like going to those but uh it's 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 good for company bonding or building or just beginning to know who you work with on a personal level i think that's supremely important as well um to just increase productivity because if you know you don't necessarily have to be friends with everyone at work right that's the other thing too but you 
probably should get to know them on a personal level, uh, just just even a little bit, right? Uh, so that you can have a stronger bond in that way, so you can produce better work. Um, and then for extroverts, right, being able or, or being understanding when to uh, you know, you know, oh, you know, now it's time to you know for everyone to just focus on their own thing and to work on X, Y, and Z, right? And we'll we'll, we'll reconvene, we'll we'll chat again in a few hours, but for right now, or or maybe we don't even have to have this meeting. Can this meeting be done through an email or can this meeting be done through Slack messages? It doesn't have to be, everyone has to be there in the same time and then have, you know, two or three extroverts just drone on for an hour, <laughs> that type of thing. And so that's what I believe, right? Having that uh, mutual understanding, awareness of each other's needs and being able to compromise on a key things, you know, a few key things. And it will help actually uh, for both sides, especially if people are more extremely introverted or more extremely extroverted, being able to, I think the happiest medium is where everyone can be ambiverts, right? But if, of course, that's the ideal situation. This world does not, <laughs> does not operate uh, in that way. And so, you know, for me as an ambivert, I'm able to understand uh, you know, truly understand the needs of both sides and uh, be able to, uh, you know, be in tune with that. But for uh, for introvert, for more extreme introverts or extroverts, um, that's what I would that's what I would say. Um, and this, you know, not only goes for work, and this goes for relationships as well, uh, especially in how, especially the art of communication uh, as well. Whether or not someone prefers uh, to text or to call or to. Uh, or when to call, you know, I know, you know, some people, I mean, for, for me, like, I'm not a huge fan of unsolicited phone calls. There, there's a reason for that. I always like to put every single uh, meeting I have in my calendar. <laughs> uh, when I get unexpected phone calls, I usually write them off as spam calls, <laughs> right? So um, if I have a planned meeting, I know I'm going to talk to you now, right? And for everything else, you can just text or email, email right? And so we can just communicate asynchronously. So that's my preference, right? Uh, some other people may prefer, I mean, especially it depends on the type of job you have too, right? Some other people prefer just all right, you know, we're just going to randomly call you up one day and uh, I expect you to answer at uh, whatever random hour you're calling me at, that kind of thing. So, uh, but where, where I have, I have times throughout the day where I do have those deliberate uh, planning, uh, unstructured uh, thinking time, and I don't want that to be interrupted, right? So that, that also extends, right? Like I said, to, uh, to interpersonal relationships. It doesn't have to be of the romantic kind. It can be just, you know, friendships and uh, relationships with your family, um, and, and, and things like that, just being able to make each party aware of the other's needs. That, 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 that's it. This is Danny. I appreciate you sharing that Godwin. Cause I think, um, similarly you and I have, um, gone from over the, over the years from being a pure introvert to an ambivert. And I think that sometimes people think you have to be one or the other. And that you can't bridge the gap or you can't be in between. And I think that you had uh, mentioned how, how there are some advantages being an introvert. There's also advantages being an ambivert. And I think that for, for other people, they need to understand that a little bit more in depth, that it's okay. Organizations, it's okay to have people that are different. It's okay to have people that are unique. I've led sales orgs all over the world and global sales teams. And the last thing I want is everybody be like David, right? <laughs> I, I, I need some people to be like me. I need some people to be like David. I need some people to be um, different because one thing I've realized is when everybody is unique and different, 
there's actually a better team process that takes place. People work better. And I think that an ambivert leader is an excellent leader as well because he or she can actually bring in the team better. Um, not saying I'm a better leader than Dave. I think Dave's a fantastic leader. I just think that each, each individual is unique and has their strengths and weaknesses. But when you have everybody in the room together, working together, it actually makes the team better. So can you t- talk a little bit about uh, advantages ambiverts have outside of just um, what you and I have just spoke about? Because I think ambiverts does a great job of being able to understand what an introvert's going through, but at the same time, understand that an extrovert needs to play a little bit. They need to be in a room full of other people. But what other advantages are there to being an ambivert? Sure, yes. And aside from just the, uh, the mutual understanding pa- uh, part, uh, you're able to form relationships with both both introverts and extroverts relatively mm-hmm. uh, quickly and effectively uh, as well, right? because you can switch between introvert and extrovert language as well. There, there's a lot of uh, semantics that can play play in there, right? So they're able to kind of play in each other's arena, uh, if you will, and be a, very much attuned to uh, their needs and their um, and just things like that. Right. And being able to have productive discussions, right, with both sides and being able to even just make compromises, right, for maybe introverted extra, and extroverted uh, teams. And they're basically, it's like that, that, that balancing, uh, that party, right, in between, I guess, a sea of introverts or a sea of extroverts, right. And you were mentioning, uh, Danny, about just the, um, <laughs> not having a team full of extroverts or not having a team full of introverts as well. I mean, like I, I for example, for me, like I would get along great with the, you know, team full of, uh, full of Danny's, maybe not so a team full of David, no, I'm kidding, <laughs> but uh, um, it's just having that diversity, right. And, and, and being able to spot um, and, and be aware also of who is in the room and who is on the, on, on, on teams and how they can work together effectively, I think is very um is very crucial as well for an ambiverted leader to be able to spot, you know, the, the, the introverts or the extroverts um, within or, or within organizations without having being explicitly told. So also you can very, you can very easily, well, maybe not, I shouldn't say that you can relatively easily uh, spot out, right. The, the introverts who may not be as participatory in, in meetings, right. Where they're more laid, not laid back, but more just, listening right in the audience and maybe not contributing as much um versus you know the extroverts who are very participatory uh during meetings or um socials or or or, or things like that right um and when constructing teams for say um different projects or different um endeavors uh and things like that right having that good balance or, or good mix um and even just in the hiring process too Right, ambivalence can play a great role in that because uh, right now, right, a lot of the a lot of the times, right, people have those strong um, technical skills that are required for the job. But you know, what what's the point of an interview or interviews is not only to know that they're actually human beings and not robots, <laughs> but also that they are able to work potentially work well with the team that they're that they're getting hired to, right. Uh, if they're a good fit, right? Are there any going to be red flags or communication issues or 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 things like that? And so MBVers can really, uh, I think, do a good job at picking them out because they are they can be attuned to both sides in that case, right? A lot of the times, 
people will 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 form teams or or be play, placed into teams uh, based on their technical skill or ability, which is fine, right? Uh, it, it's fine up to a certain extent, but just being able to understand if the if team members or employees can even work well with one another. For example, if you place, and that's kind of like in the same or similar analogy to the 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 all star principle. If you place a, a team full of rock stars or all stars, right, in in kind of their domain, like they're they're very uh, confident at this this that, um, they actually may perform worse than a team just having maybe a couple of all star leaders and a group of great employees because the group of all stars are going to fight over who's going to lead <laughs> or what type of direction they want the project to go in, right? Of course, because they're strong headed no one's going to yield or <laughs> not many people are going to yield right and just having that uh awareness too for for ambivert leaders and then and then avoiding the opposite as well right having a team that has no leader also right and especially those those groups where um no one's going to take initiative because the group is full of introverts <laughs> or that or that group where no one wants to be in charge because they don't want to be uh, put in the spotlight, right? And talking about, you know, a group of introverts as well. So those, I think those dynamics, right? Uh, in, 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 in anything is uh, important to organize. Uh, and I think that leaders have a, especially ambivalent leaders have a good opportunity to be able to be very good uh, at, at doing that or not. I mean, you know, people live and learn. So we'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Thank you for checking out the DSB Leadership Speaking Podcast. If you are enjoying the program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash twins talk it up. Also, consider leaving a five-star rating on Apple and comment on our other platforms, including YouTube. If you'd like to learn more and get more information, we would like you to become a guest on our future episode. Send us a message via our website at www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Yeah, that's so true. This is Danny, by the way. I want to I continue that thought real quick because when we think about inviting people in, and, and this is where I, I really want uh, you to help our audience out. How, do, what are what tips can you provide on how to invite people in who are introverts and, and get them involved? One thing um, I like to think about is that it's okay to be comfortable with silence. Sometimes extroverts they don't like it. They want to answer like this. They like, look, I'm ready to move. Let's get let's get moving. But they don't they don't um, sometimes understand that. Silence does not mean that the person is not actively engaging or involving with you. They're formulating their thoughts. They're trying to be wise in what they say and how they say it instead of just spitting it out. And 
not saying that extroverts don't think about what they do. They just, they tend to have already formulated their thoughts well ahead of time because they've been really ready to go. But introverts uh, tend to be, you know, they, they're comfortable in their silence, right? So Dave always has this thing that he talks about called the power of the pause. That pausing is great. It allows your audience to re-engage, allows your audience to, to, to stop, to think about what's going on and sometimes snap them back out of what they were thinking about. Maybe they weren't paying attention. So the power of the pause is, is one of Dave's favorite things, but what thoughts and advice can you have, can you provide for our audience on how to invite people who are introverts into your group or into your meeting or into your conversation? Yeah, I, I love this question because it is something that I've been thinking about for a very long time, obviously. And I have very good textbook exa examples of what not to do <laughs> in this case, especially when I was younger. You know, a lot of the times people, I mean, of course, it, it was very well intentioned, but as younger, a lot of times, and I was, I just wanted to be left alone a lot of the times, right? And people found that weird <laughs> or, or uncomfortable, right? In the sense that they may seen, have seen me as antisocial or just, you know, not friendly or that type of thing. But in reality, I was just more comfortable with being alone. I didn't necessarily need to have the biggest friend group out there, right? I didn't necessarily have to um, engage with a lot of people to feel very comfortable. Right? I was very comfortable by being by myself. And it was not weird or it was not out of the ordinary, right? When I was younger, I mean, aside from just a lot of the extracurricular activities my parents uh, signed me up for after school, the main three main things that I did were go to school, do homework, play video games. And that was my the greatest existence I could ever <laughs> imagine. <laughs> uh, and then, and then you know, once you come into adulthood, you realize, oh, you actually have responsibilities. <laughs> um, but in any case, uh, a lot of the times people were would say, oh, you know, why are you so quiet? Um, get out of your shell, speak up. Why are you so quiet? So a lot of these uh, command-like uh, interjections or, or things like that, I mean, I didn't want to. Like, if I didn't have anything to say, I'm not going to say it, right? I'm not going to spew out words for the sake of filling the air with words. <laughs> that kind of type of thing, right? And goes, that goes back to the... Um, to the notion of being com or the the being comfortable in silence or practicing the art of just reveling uh, in silence because a lot of times people feel very uncomfortable actually you know being in silence in the presence of others especially so I'm so I'm just practicing it right now right so I just practice it for like a couple of seconds and I was very deliberate um, and because they feel like the need to fill the air with noise again, you know, <laughs> with words and, and things like that. It's just uncomfortable, but having those pauses can really dramatically uh, increase connection between maybe speaker and audience or you know, friend to friend or, or, or things like that. Right. And it can have, it drives silence is actually a very telling sign of just, uh, the the message you want to convey, right? A lot of times, and uh, um, and, and and things like that, right? And and if introverts, so here's the thing, right? Um, try not to uh, push introverts to too much out of their comfort zone. I mean, a good healthy dose of, hey, why don't you try? Why don't you try coming with me to this networking networking event or uh, things like that, right? Uh, but don't push them too much over the edge because then they'll won't be as responsive uh, to you moving forward. Let them discover um, the just 
being, being more comfortable, right, with showing their whole selves or bringing their whole selves to work or to, you know, life or to other situations. For me, I mean, it was very natural progression. It was, albeit it was a bit slow, right? I took my entire childhood <laughs> and even a bit of my adult, adulthood to be this comfortable, right, being, by being able to uh, feel my story and uh, do a podcast and do all this on- online content and, and, and things like that. Right, but it was a very gradual process. I just got more comfortable in by being in my own skin. Um, Self awareness is huge uh, in this process, pro- journey of self discovery. You know who I who I who am I? What do I stand for? Um, where do I want to go? What are my strengths and weaknesses? Uh, and, and things like that. Right. If you're crystal clear on all of these, and you know, I'm not saying you know this is a very uh, easy activity to do either. Right. It, this. For some people, this may take an entire lifetime, right? Some people, oh, they find that, oh, um, maybe, you know, 50s, 60s, that kind of thing. Oh, I finally discovered what I'm actually interested in, right? And they go, go a lot of people go into you know, all kinds of different uh, careers, career paths, or just opportunities, uh, things like that, without knowing truly what they like or enjoy. Of course, a lot of that is ba- can be based circumstantially, right? Um, you know, it is a privilege to actually even think about that in the first place, right? When you don't have your other basic needs met as per Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But I think it's a good exercise just in general to be able to know who you are and then you're able to um, uh, be more, say, comfortable or, per- or participatory or just know what you what you enjoy or like to do <laughs> also, right? And uh, have the power of saying no as well. I think a lot of introverts may feel like, oh, you know, I'm not going to be nice or polite if I say no to, you know, going to this dinner party or engagement or, or, or that type of thing, right? Uh, don't, again, it goes back to the message, don't force introverts to do if, things if they don't want to just do it, right? Give them the space and the time to be able to discover the joy of doing X, Y, and Z by themselves if they want to, right? I mean, you know, if they want to just stay at home instead of going to that party, just let them be, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Galvin, this is David. And um, I'm going to say that I know you and Dan were joking and jesting here, but uh, I don't know if I could be in a room with just all extreme extroverts either. So I'm glad that I could be a part of the, the, the team, the party. And I, I think even for my own life, it's just amazing to be able to see the balance that I have with my wife and the balance I have with certain teams that I've been around. And what I've learned is that as a leader, you have to be cognitive of every single person that is under your care or everybody that's on your team, because the more you're in tune with them, the more productive they're going to be and the greater impact the overall team's going to have. And so I think that's amazing that you were able to share that. Let me ask you this. You also wrote a book called Digital Introverts, Why Today's Most Successful Individuals Harness Introversion to thrive. I love this. And and I'm going to ask, is this a continued thought process you had when you were building the podcast, when you're thinking about the different social media platforms you were on, how to highlight these incredible leaders? And as I mentioned earlier, Dan, I find that some of our best clients would say they were skewed more towards being an introvert or introversion. But tell me about the book real quick. And was this born as a continuation of your work? Sure. So um, like I was saying right at the very beginning, now this conversation is coming full circle again, right? Um, the podcast started because of the book. <laughs> and so it's been obviously very much an evolving uh, project and, and, and process, right? And I'm still 
in the uh, the thick of just writing it. Well, I mean, the, the amount of content just <laughs> increases exponentially every single podcast interview I have. And so now it's a, it's, a, it's a problem of curation and consolidation, right, of all those different incredible stories into what kinds of lessons we can learn about the, the role of introverts in the digital age and how they're able to not only survive, but also thrive, right? And so, that, of course, the title indicates as much. Um, and as of this recording, right, I'm not entirely sure about, you know, when it's going to be released or when is it going to be finished or, or things like that. But, you know, I, I put it out as a project or a thing I'm doing uh, to the world to not only have that, I guess, public accountability in the sense of, hey, where is that book? Because I do get questions like that from time to time. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I might, might as well, I need to finish this, right? But also, it's a great way to, uh, as, as a promise of a great future resource, right? But for me, like I'm a huge futurist as well. And I like to think about how um, things will, will, will change or evolve or very future oriented. That's why, I mean, why the, uh, the podcast isn't called analog introverts. It's called digital introverts for a reason, right? <laughs> um, I'm always very forward facing. I used to dwell a lot about my mistakes of the past what in history. I mean, I, I, I also love history as a subject as well. I lo- like to learn about where we came from, what had happened, uh, how to avoid the mistakes of the past, <laughs> repeating those, right? Um, and but at the same time, very much a forward-thinking person. You know, what are we, what types of transformational, you know, technologies or paradigm shifts are we going to experience in the future? And I try and I learned to be more of an optimist uh, as well. Um, that's why think about that little kid in the year three thousand who is going to read my book or listen to my podcast and be able to still learn from that, right? I, I take the look of, I mean, take, uh, of the most ancient texts we have right out there we have the readings of all the great greek philosophers were still around i mean in writing of course they're they're long dead but their their writing still impacts uh, how we think uh, about things nowadays i think about how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie i mean okay. that book is still a bestseller yep. now that's what i'm talking about in terms of you know legacy and impact right so yep, yep. well goblin this is dave and i'm gonna tell you i love that ability to say what's the future going to look like and it's not about where i am now it's about where i want to see my work my experience my thoughts and how it's going to impact the next generation so i want to thank you for sharing that i i I think whether you are a introvert an extrovert or in my twins case i guess more you as well an ambivert everyone needs to feel appreciated everyone needs to feel valued and everyone needs to feel heard and if you learn to embrace your energy level, who you are, what you are, and then you learn to see the larger picture of how you can impact the team, then I think the overall organization, without a doubt, will become a more vibrant, productive, and profitable organization. So today, I want to thank Godwin Chan for joining our program today. I want to thank him for sharing about his growth and journey as an introvert, about his platforms with the Digital Introverts podcast. And the fact that the three of us could be in this room, have laughs, get along, and realize that there's great strengths and value from learning to listen to each other and working together. So Godwin Chen, thank you for joining the Twins Talking About podcast. And I look forward to you and I doing more work together in the future. Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. 
Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.